the FA Cup in our, you know, when we were, when I was younger, you know, even when I was a pro, you feel the game on a Saturday, you're playing in the league, is fine, fine. But when you've got the FA Cup coming up, everybody gets really excited. You know, we come from the era where, you know, FA Cup day, final day, everybody's watching the telly for seven hours and it, it was just a whole day of it. Um, it's lost its luster a little bit nowadays, but, in, you know, when I played and, you know, getting to the first round for a club like Windsor, you know, um, was a brilliant, brilliant uh, achievement. Welcome to the latest episode of Wearing the Red and Green. In this week's show, I speak to our former striker from the early 80s, Steve Butler. Steve only spent a season at Stagmeadow, but post his time at Windsor, he went on to make over 450 appearances in the Football League, representing the likes of Maidstone, Gillingham and Watford, to name but a few. We discuss that season at Windsor, his early life in the army and memories from his impressive professional career. I hope you enjoy the episode. Steve, thank you so much for joining the podcast. It's absolutely fantastic to, to have you on. How, how are things? Um... Yeah, as I said to you uh, a minute ago, and it's the truth, it literally, um, I hadn't thought about Windsor, you know. It's funny, I've got, I've got a few stories that I tell people, you know, when you get talking about stuff and, you know, what happened here and there, whatever, but um, it does, it is quite a strange feeling to actually think about 40-odd years ago, going back there and trying to put myself back to where I was then. Well, and you got about 450 professional games in between. So, <laughs> yeah, but, but each club and, and like it's your first one. Don't you? It's like your uh, first girlfriend, I suppose. But that's my first one where somebody actually paid me to play, you know. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, it's a very, very, very important step along the line. Brilliant. Well, listen, I'm going to start by rewinding back actually to your days in the army, um, which I guess is kind of I get where the football kind of begun for you but what did what was life in the army like football wise and what kind of learnings did you get from from that period that you, you were able to take into football later down the years um the I mean I got into coaching while I was in the army so and and I didn't get into it because I thought ah, oh, you know it's a, I'm going to be clever it's you know good for my career later whatever it was just basically at that time in my life, football was the most important thing. And the football season finished in May and then the coaching courses started in June, July. So basically the only reason I did the courses was because I wanted to carry on playing football, you know, which I actually loved to do at that time. So, and I was very lucky that I took to the coaching as well, but I didn't do it, as I say, because I thought about my future and, you know, I was just worried about where I was getting my next pint in them days. Um, so, but it was, you know, it was really, it was just more the fact that I love football so much. I remember speaking to um, Phil White on the on the last podcast and he was telling me some of the great football tours that you guys used to go on to Germany and the Benelux, et cetera, et cetera. What, what can you remember on some of those tours? Well, that is another of my memories. As I said, I've probably got 10 things I remember. So... That year, we uh, we went to Bermuda, 
which is a great football tour in the is combined services. Yeah. The army, it was the the better players out of the army, the navy, and the air force got got a team, a select team, and then we would go on tours as well. It was brilliant. So we went to Bermuda for sort of two and a half, three weeks, and on the way back, we re- like we landed Saturday morning and Saturday afternoon, which is uh, we had the first the FA Cup. So whatever the preliminary round of the whatever. And we and that was the year that we got to uh, we played um, got to the first round, didn't we? We played uh, Brentford. Yeah, and I remember landing at uh, you know I can't remember where it was Heathrow or wherever it was, and then we got in a cut, uh, car and we were driven to the game, and it was, it was Oxford or somewhere somewhere I can't even remember where it was, but yeah, that was the start of the the FA Cup run because it's all the way to the first round which we played at Brentford, so uh, which was another of my clubs, but. So that, that, that was a, a story about the, the sort of the army and the combine services and the Windsor and Eaton thing. But we landed. I mean, you can't do that nowadays. They'd say, oh, you know, you know jet lag or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we both played, me and Phil. And I don't remember whether Dickie, uh, Dickie Briggs is another player who played for Windsor as well. I can't remember whether he was in the side or not. But we just uh, literally went straight from the airport to wherever the game was, played the game, we won, and off we went in a, in a really good FA Cup run. Love that. I love that. Now, I remember like, another thing that Phil said to me was, like, during those days, like, how strong the opposition was that you would play on those army tours, because in certain countries, those countries, because they had national service, would put their best young football talent through the national service and thus, the teams that you ended up playing were actually the equivalent of like England under twenty ones or something. Because well, we we played. It, it wasn't the army. That was the like. There's a competition, the quadrangle tournament, which was uh, the combined services, which was as I said to you, the army, navy, air force, the team there, yeah. and we would play Belgium and France. They're the three countries. That's it. And literally, uh, both of them teams, as you say, had, had conscription. So they had to go into the army and you would play five years later, the boys that we'd play, not boys, but the team that we played, there'd be five or six playing for France. So they were, they used to, you know, we, we did okay, but really they were a lot better than us because they, they played for their country. You know, some of them were under 21s, as you say, and quite a few of them played in the World Cup, you know, later on, the, uh, I think it was the 84 World Cup. Uh, two, two of France's midfield, three of the Belgian players who played against us were playing in that World Cup or whatever. It was just, they were some brilliant, brilliant players, yeah. But again, I guess from your perspective, further down the line, the way your career obviously progressed, that grounding must have really helped being able to play opposition of that calibre so early kind of in your career. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you're... The... The, the professional, it's, it's funny how um, in the army, it's fun, you know what I mean? It's great and it's, it's brilliant, it's absolutely superb. But the, uh, the wear and tear of the, the professional game is a completely different thing. So this was used to be one-off games. So we would play, um, you know, we get drawn away at France and play Belgium at home or wherever it was. So you'd have them games. And then the other big tournament for us was uh, when we would play every year there'd be a tournament between the army, the Navy and the Air Force. Cool. So that was, uh, that was very aggressive. <laughs> so that was, it's probably learned a lot on that side of it because that was very competitive, you know, so 
every year you wanted to be the top dog in the services. So, you know, that, they, that was a step below, but it, not in competitiveness. You know, that was, uh, that was a very strong, um, aggressive games of football they were. Yeah, I can imagine that. I can imagine that. Listen, you were about 20 when you joined Windsor. How did that, how did Windsor come about? How did the move to Windsor come about? I think it was, again, the the army coach at the time, I think was coaching for Windsor, uh, yeah. Alf, Alf Colton. Um, and um, we, you know, so he was sort of um, talking about Windsor and then we went to see the manager, or I did, and uh, I met him in, a, in Farnham somewhere in a lay-by uh, to, to do the deal. Um and I remember, it's one of my other memories, I can remember meeting him and, you know, I don't remember what we talked about, but I remember he underpaid me, that was for sure. But um, <laughs> it, um, I, I absolutely, it, it was my first ever way. So it was at that time, it was just brilliant. Somebody's going to pay me to play football, which I love doing anyway. So it was great. I love that. What You mentioned Brentford earlier, but like, what were some of your favourite memories at Windsor? Um get into the, the, that, the first round, which was, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not too sure how the players feel now, but the FA Cup in our, you know, when we were, when I was younger, you know, even when I was a pro, you feel the game on a Saturday, you're playing in the league is fine, fine. But when you've got the FA Cup coming up, everybody gets really excited. You know, we come from the era where, you know, FA Cup day, final day, everybody's watching the telly for seven hours. And it, it was just a whole day of it. Um, it's lost its luster a little bit nowadays, but in, you know when I played, and you know getting to the first round for a club like Windsor, you know um, was, was a brilliant, brilliant uh, achievement as well as we did well in the league that year. And you played up front with um, like Chris Yates, Ross McCulloch at, at, at kind of that time, who were mainstays of that squad, scored shed loads of goals, particularly Chris. Did you learn a lot from those guys? I don't. Rem- I remember then the, the side. I was very surprised at the standard, how good they were. I mean, McCulloch mm. and Yates both like because um, because I like you say twenty, and I was probably even younger than that in my head. You know, like sixteen going on yeah. fourteen. You know, what I mean, as in just absolutely loving running around and scoring goals, which I you know lucky that I, you know it was something I've always done and just carried on doing there. It was brilliant. So I just look forward to every game. And I do remember, it was quite funny I sent you about how I didn't remember too many of the players, but McCulloch I definitely remember. Um, and I always thought he's a really good, and Yates as well, for sure. But McCulloch's one that sticks in my mind of being a, you know, I just thought they were all better than the level we were playing at. I mean, we got promoted that year. Obviously, I went off to uh, to Wokingham, but they, uh, you know, they were, uh, you know, we we sort of I can't remember how the league went but I remember we were very strong and I always felt we could, could beat anybody I think we played um, another big game I, I'm sure that we played uh, Fisher did we play Fisher that year in, in the trophy and I remember going to Fisher and then saying we won and they, they were they were a really big side at the time and um, uh, afterwards you know go away don't have a drink here you know they were so mad that we all had to shoot off but we we won easily. It was like we, you know, they tried to bully us, and we we were. Uh, I thought we were a very very good team, very good team actually. You know, all, all round, They're not just up front. We just had a, a good balance. Now you mentioned like you moved to Wokenham at the end of that season, and what was your reason behind that move? Because obviously we we'd got promoted as well that season. 
What was your, your kind of thinking about going to Wokenham? Was it step up, progression? Yeah, well, I, I sort of, um, the unit I was at at the time was only three miles away. So that's where I was living, um, yeah. which was a lot closer. But another thing is that I, I signed for, I think it was £18 a week at Windsor. And at the end of the year, when we had um, the end of season due, and you realise, and I, I was scoring quite a few goals and doing okay, and there was other players on twice my money. So they were going to put my money up. I had the ump a little bit, but they hadn't done it when I was doing well. You know, it's funny how I went from being so happy to get any money, you know, five of the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To at the end thinking, but it was, I think it was more to do with, it was um, another step up. I think it was the Premier League of uh, the Ishmael League. And it was closer. Um, and they were another, re- you know, really, really good team. I mean, there's some great, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very lucky. Both my non-league clubs, uh, Windsor, brilliant, you know, like a lot stronger than the league they were in and better players than the league they were in, for sure, all over the place. And I thought that Wokingham are uh, some really, really good players there as well. So, you know, it, it was... And I do remember, um, you know, trying to talk to me, you know, to provide everyone, but I sort of made my mind up and whether it was about the money side of it. I mean, I don't think I was getting too much more than they offered me at... Uh, at um, Windsor, but it was more, I don't know why, I just thought it was time to go. And it said three miles from my house, so um, or where my station was. So it made more sense to me. And from Wokenham, you got picked up by Brentford? Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I can't remember how long, well, it might have even been just a year there as well. And then um, Frank McClintock uh, came to watch the game I mean, you don't even know they're there, do you? And then the next thing I know, I've got a phone call. Uh, the manager's saying, oh, Frank McClintock, they want to sign you. And it's like, just again, it's sort of woof, off it goes again. So um, it was amazing, really. Because they would have had the added complexity of they had to buy you out of the army. So how, yep. how did that all work? And like, well, I guess a, someone who wants to play pro football, but there's a potential yep. barrier there. How easy is that to... It's not normally, not normally very, but I was very lucky. My commanding officer of my unit um, pulled me in. So Colonel, I can't remember his rank, but I do remember him saying to me, uh, because obviously the Brentford had made um, a formal approach to the army. So he just said to me, look, are you sure? Do you want to go and play for, you know, be a professional footballer or, or, you know, because he would be saying to me that, that, you know, you've got a career, you're doing well, you're you know going to get promoted and this and that. And, you know, um, but I went, no, I want to go. And he went, right, okay. And three days later, I was at the army. But I think they could have made it difficult. They could have made me wait. And, you know, so I think what happens quite often that the, they, the army can make it difficult and then the club... Um, loses interest or, or whatever club yeah. it is could lose it. I mean, I don't know because only, the only one I know is what happened to me. Um, and he made it. He just like looked me in the eye and said, "Look, do you want to, to go to Brentford?" And I said, "Yes, I'd love to." So he went right, and I said, three days later, I signed for Brentford. I was out of the army. You know, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. They have to pay money, but it wasn't a lot. It wasn't like grands. It was you know four, three, four, whatever hundred pounds. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, yeah. a lot. But he, you know, if it, if it wasn't for him. Um, you know, if it's somebody else, they could have because the commanding officer in charge, obviously, he can make it hard, and it might have been two or three months, and they might have lost interest. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And how did you find a step up from Wokenham to Brentford? Um, 
again, what a side. I mean, it, it, that Brentford team... That would have been two years after that. Te- Terry Herlock. Yeah, so um, when Windsor played them that couple yeah, yeah, of years yeah. before. Yeah, um, they, they, if I'm honest, the team, I mean, we got to the Freight Rover final that year uh, in, a, in a cup competition at Wembley, which is brilliant, but we never done as well in the league as we should have done. I mean, they were, again, I thought, you know, when you look around the players that we had, there was about four or five that actually went off to play in the Premier League. Um, Danny Salmon went to Millwall. Um, uh, Bobby Booker went off to Sheffield United. You know, so it's four or five players. Terry Ehrlich, uh, you know, as we said, went off to uh, Rangers and God knows where else, Millwall. Um, so Chris we Kamara, had... Chris Kamara there. Sorry? Chrissy Kamara. Yeah, the midfield was... Um, we had a brilliant team. Really... Um, Super side, and, and you know, and as I said, I actually thought we probably should have done better in the league. Um, um, but you know, it, it's because of the amount of good players we had that actually then went on and played even a higher level, you know, went up to the Premier League and stuff like that. As you said, Chris Kamara was, was a, him and Terry Ellett were two midfield players, you know, brilliant, brilliant players, brilliant players. It'd be a side you wouldn't want to play against. Well, it, it you know, <laughs> some of the, I mean, it was. <laughs> they were tough. It was, they were they uh, partied hard, played hard. That's for sure. That lot, they were unbelievable. And then of course, then you went to Maidstone, where you scored a crazy number of goals and won the conference and promotion into the league. What did you enjoy most about playing there? Because if it sounds like you're a big crowd favourite there. Yeah, I mean, obviously you're scoring goals, um, and also we it's success, isn't it? So you want to be in its side. That's doing well. It just makes it um, each week you come and you f- you want to feel like you got a chance to win and win most of your games. Um, and we again had you know Warren Bart and there's another three or four of us who went off to play. Uh, Mark Gore went off to Brighton. Warren Bart Newcastle. Um, we had four or five that went off and played you know in the football league as well. So um, we just had. I was very lucky. Besides, so for me, I, that's why I looked at them. Were probably better than the leagues that we're, they were in. So that's why the football's so enjoyable, you know. I play. I, I have had in my career when I've been at sides that haven't been, you know, that good, and it's tough, you know, it really is. But when you've got all where you think uh, this team is better than the opposition most weeks, it makes football so much more fun and easier. That's for sure. Did you find that obviously getting that full season in the conference with Maidstone, scoring all those goals, helped you? when you then went back into the league football late in a career of like Watford? Cambridge. Yeah, maybe, you know, um, I didn't really think, you know, like, it's funny, I had no, I didn't have any plans or you know, I've got to do this or got to do that. I just went with the flow. I've just yeah. been one of them, one of them people on my, um, on the football playing side of it. And... I just, I was just like scoring goals. So then I get attention, but I wasn't, you know, it didn't, I wasn't doing anything differently than I've ever done. I was very confident there, obviously, because, you know, you need to be confident to score the, the amount of goals. But it was just, you know, when it came, it came out of the blue sort of thing, you know, a, a club, it, you, you know, I'm playing and we were in the Football League at the time because we got promoted the first year or the second year. And then we got into the Football League. We nearly got promoted again. We got beat in the playoffs by Cambridge over two legs. Um, and so it was just the, the amount of goals and me just enjoying my football that obviously then I got a, another move to Watford from there. What was Watford like? Who was manager? Watford, 
um, that was a struggling team because uh, when I, I think we were bottom or second bottom or whatever, um, Steve Perriman was there. He's a good manager, really, but yeah. he had a bit of a dysfunctional team, um, players who, you know, didn't, you know, there, there were some good players there for sure, but um, as a team, I don't think the he would say it was a an all a good you know one you'd want to go to battle with or war with. Do you know what I mean? Um, but it was difficult for him to get other people in. So, but they're, they're really good. I mean, we we didn't we didn't we uh, got out got out of the relegation fight fairly quickly and did okay. But never done you know pulled any trees up really. What are some of your favourite memories when you look back at that? The Watford thing. Well, yeah, um, Cambridge, Chillingham. What some of the oh big- right, sorry. Um, Promotions at Gillingham, we had a couple. Wembley, uh, scoring at Wembley. Uh, I remember reading that. And yeah. That, yeah, that must have been a hell of experience, not just playing at Wembley, but then being able to, to score as well. To go, yeah, that was, it was um, yeah, that, that was obviously the, you know, the, the highlight really when I look back, because I was coming towards the end is when you appreciate it more. But when I was at Cambridge, I mean, we were, I, was, look, I think uh, I got, scored a hat-trick on the Saturday and then on the Monday we were it's, it's bank holiday it was the Easter weekend and on the Monday I'm thinking oh bloody hell we got another game you know because Saturday to Monday and then I got five goals on the Monday so that was probably my highlight of that time there because um, I, I really enjoyed my time Who was that? sorry Orion um, was a hat-trick and I think it was Torquay who were in the league at the time I think it was Tor- yeah. it might have been Torquay I, 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 I can't remember I think it was Torquay um, it's only down down south there because I remember all the way down bloody another game you know what I mean because I'm coming I'm getting a bit older now so and long I used to like when I was younger you were desperate to play the next game you can't wait but as you get older it's like oh just Saturday to Saturday be nice when you've got a <laughs> mid- midweek game and then another one and another one so that was a difference really that um, as you get older it definitely gets harder Influence on your career? Um, nobody, if I'm honest, I, I um, I'm trying try to think. I'm trying to think. Was in the the like Alfie Colton, who you know was a coach or whatever. But not, nobody really. It was just my own enthusiasm and my actually love for the game that kept me going. Do you know what I mean? Because I've had some yeah, ups yeah. and downs as well. You know, done well. Got to move, come back down. Done well, got to move, yeah. come back down. Done well. So I've been up and down fairly regular. Um, but if I'm honest, nobody really. You mentioned Alf there. Like, how good, two, two parts of this question, like how good was Alf as a coach? And in terms of, in terms of you know, your long professional career, you'd have played under a ton of different coaches. Where did Alf, would you say, rank amongst some of the coaches that you've played under? Well, Alf is a bit, is a bit like Tony Pulis. You know, I played under Pulis for four years at Gillingham, who is one of the best defensive coaches. You, I mean, I think we still, I'm not 100% sure, because I mean, check it out. But Gillingham, the year, one of the years we did well, we got promotion, well, I think we still hold the record for the least amount of goals scored against us. He because he would 
you know, we'd have basically we'd have four centre halves playing at the back. You know, we play four four two, and all four of them were ex centre halves, two centre halves, and the other two used to be centre halves. Um, and then the four in midfield used to have to work their socks off, no space between. You know, so it's so difficult to score against us. And him as a defensive coach was unbelievable. And Alfie was a bit old fashioned coach as well. Um, but you know, it's funny actually following coaching now how everybody all the old stuff that you know the, the Howard um Howard Hughes used to be the the coach that everybody used to follow the FA uh, blueprint used to be the coaching used to be you know three passes or left to, to have a shot or a goal you know you get more more goal scored like that pomo position of maximum opportunity now it, it drives me mad they have 50 passes to get out of the box it's like unbelievable Alfie would have had a fit if he you know that yeah 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 um, so, you know, he, he was, he was brilliant, brilliant coach of his time. You know, he, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he, he would not have been, you know, uh, I don't think you'd have, uh, liked the stuff that goes on now. Cause you, and you, cause you'd have played under Alf in the army as well, right? Army combine services. And cause he was a combine coach and manager sometimes, you know, he used to change between three services to be the manager, but he was a coach when he wasn't the manager and he was the army manager. And obviously, he was a Windsor Eaton um, coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, you so were... he used to work. When I'm thinking back, I mean, it's really good. But I'm sure he would have organised. So we had really good players with the ball and, you know, whatever, like we're talking about with the, with the forwards, McCullough, myself, Phil White, blah, blah, blah. But he would have had us organised, you know. So we wouldn't let too many in. And then if you've got good players, he just lets them get on with it, you know. So, But we would be organised as a side. So that's probably why we did as well as we did, really. And you went into coaching yourself, where you worked closely with like Peter Taylor and stuff at Gillingham. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, when I went back to Gillingham before the Wembley that year that we got promoted, um, I'd left actually to go to Peterborough, and I was Barry Fry's uh, first team coach at Peterborough. Yeah, so that was a <laughs> that was an experience. <laughs> um, what a great bloke! He's an absolute brilliant fella. Um, but an experience. So I, I had sort of six months with him and then I went back to Gillingham as I wasn't going to play at all. Went yeah. back as first team coach under Peter. But then during the season, we got injuries and we sold Bob Taylor to Man City for one and a half million. And then we got an injury up front. And then just towards the end of the year, I sort of, because I've been playing for the reserves all the time, Pete just put me in as a sub. So... Um, then I got involved in a couple of games and that's why I was sub at Wembley because I was, you know, sub for about five or six games before that. But um, I didn't really want to be involved in a play, really. I just wanted to concentrate on the coaching side of it. So, um, yeah, it, was, uh, it, was, it wasn't hard because Pete made it easy because Pete's such a good coach as well. Peter Taylor's a brilliant coach. Yeah, I was going to say, like, how, did we, how your relationship with Peter began. So that was obviously at Gillingham. Yeah, because... Um, at the time, when Pulis fell out and he wanted to go off to Bristol City, which he did, and now um, they got beat at Wembley that year, got beat by Man City in the final. So the next year we come back and it was like me and Hesse that the, the chairman wanted to be manager or, you know, one of us. Yeah. And we, I said, look, we've got the experience. We've got a side here who's still a good side. So um, we knew Peter from our time at Watford. So uh, we both tried to get the chairman and he was on holiday. He was in Cyprus or somewhere. So um, we got the chairman to phone him up. And the night, the day before, the evening, sorry, before the next day we're all meeting for the first time, 
we don't know whether he's done the deal with Pete or not. We don't know if we're one of us is going to be manager. It was amazing that night. It was like unbelievable. And then we got up in the morning and Pete had uh, agreed to deal. So um, that's how close it was for, you know, not having Pete. It was the night before he'd done the deal, went to meet him wherever he'd done at the airport. And then next day we had a 10 o'clock in the Bridgewater, Bridgewater Manor Hotel in uh, by Gillingham. And uh, we all, all the players were there and all the, you know, the press and whatever. And uh, Peter Taylor was at Unveil as manager. I love that. I love that. Had, had you always wanted to go and coaching? Had coaching always been on your radar? Again, it, it, not no. If I'm honest, no. I mean, I did it. Again, I was very, very lucky. Like I've gone because um, Barry. When when I went to Peterborough, because like at that time, I'm getting a bit older, and Gillingham had signed Adi Ekinbai, um Bob Taylor. They had like uh, Carlos Saba. They had three or four brilliant forwards, and I wasn't really getting in. I was sub. Um, so then, Kate, uh, sorry, Peterborough came in for me, and then. I remember being in the room with uh, Pulis who was talking to Barry Fry and uh, he went, oh, he does, he does, you know, because he knows me from, I used to be PTI in the army, he does a bit of coaching and this and that. And the next thing you know, Barry Fry went, right, okay, you can be the coach as well. So I ended up going there, uh, being the coach and playing as well. You must have enjoyed it though, right? To obviously then they say carry it on for quite a few years after. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's a way to get in, still in, be involved in football, isn't it? You know, so you once your playing career is over, most people, what do they do? Um, so I was very lucky that, um, you know, I actually went on the other side of it and um, was okay and did okay. And then, you know, lucky the people, uh, Barry Fry back with uh, Peter Taylor. And then Peter took me off to Leicester for a couple of years and we went to Hull. Uh, Stevenage and um, so I've had like a few years with him as well which is brilliant Did management ever interest you? No not really I, I um, it's <laughs> no it, it's it's funny actually that people outside of the game think that anybody who's a coach can be a manager and all managers are coaches well it's completely different quite yeah. a few managers quite a few managers don't coach at all not at all and uh, a lot of lots of coaches think they can be managers because it looks easy and they all want more money because obviously the managers are paid more. So they think, right, okay, he's on this. So I want that job. And they get it and they find out they're not suited. I'm, I'm, I'm intelligent enough to realise it's not for me. You know, it's 24 hours, seven days a week. You know, I remember once we went to, when we first went to Leicester, I like my golf. So Peter's got all the gear and he went, when we get up there, because we're going up, he said, we'll play golf once a week. In the whole 18 months, two years we were there, we had one game of golf. In the whole time we were there, me and him, one game. I played a couple of extra times on that, but him himself, he only managed one game of golf. Yeah. You know, it's, it's crazy. You're having to deal with, you know, it's like if you're taking it into a work context, you're having to deal with all of the administrative, all of the highs. No, it's, it's worse than what you're going to say because all the players have got money and they get, and, get up to mischief. Absolutely. And right. they can get up to mischief, which they regularly do, you know. But yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. I am surprised, I must admit, given credit, I'm surprised that more things don't go wrong because of the amount of money that's in the game. Um, and youngsters, you know, you know, as you say, as people say, experience and, you know, um, behaviour gets better normally as you get a little bit older. But I, like, Fair play to the players of today. You know, there are every now and again something comes out about this and that. But I'm very, very surprised more things don't go on because, as I say, if you've got, you know, all the money that they have, 
you can do what you want when you want. It's brilliant, really, that they don't. Well, and it shows, I guess, in in it, back in the day, from probably when you were playing, the or coaching, to be fair, the manager was still probably, you know, ran the show. Whilst now, at, particularly at the top, the higher levels, players run the show. You know, it's apart Depending from- on, I don't, I don't really think uh, that's the case. I think that they, they can make it uncomfortable or, you know, harder for a manager, for sure. Yes. They don't, they don't, there are very few managers who are as weak as that. You know, they, they, you know, some of the things they, oh, and all players, you know, want to do well. They, you know, even the ones that aren't in the, you know, in the side, they'll be, you know, if they get in the side, they'll want to do well for themselves. So it's not that they don't run the show, but they can make it a bit more difficult. You know, if you've got, um, but I think that it's changed a little bit because the money's so much now that the players want to stay in it as long as they can. So you've got that side of it. You know, it's um, it's not like uh, the money wasn't brilliant and, you know, whatever. But now it's so good and people want to, you know, stay in it as long as they can that um, they're probably, they're a lot better behaved. And as I said, I, I would have thought they would be with the amount of money that's going around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what are you doing now? What are you still involved in football at all? No, I um, for a few years I was uh, a, a thing called down here called Soccer Elite, which is um, um, an ex. Funny enough, is my ex apprentice. When I was at Gillingham, he was my apprentice, um, and then he went off. He went to work for Chelsea on the youth football side of it, and he, he sort of uh, he's made a really really good business down here, um, and he's had. Over the years, quite a few of the players in his academies have actually gone on to pros. Um, so he does a really good job, and I used to work for him for a bit. Um, so, but I, I, you know, I stopped that about a year ago. And do you miss playing? Do you miss playing? Do you miss pulling on the boots? No, I don't, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I played for so long uh, that I think it's different if you. You know, you're 32, 33, and you still think you've got something to offer. But at the end, it was like, Jesus, this is hard work, you know. So, and I had that for probably the last two or three years of, of playing, that it was tough. So, <clears throat> I was glad to get out, if I'm honest. <laughs> it, was, uh, it's t- it was hard work. Do you, do you, when you look at football today and the way it's kind of changed in terms of, you know, you look at like a Beck Guardiola team, do you do you think do you, would you prefer playing the era you did, or would you, do you think you'd have liked? Football? I'd like the money nowadays, um, but it does drive me mad when they they have like thirty or forty passes to get out of their half. Like as a centre forward, you're making yeah. runs and like you're knackered before the ball even comes to you, you know, or before they even look up. You know, where in my day, if the centre half had got it and he, my wasn't his first look. I'd be shouting, what are you doing? Get it, you know, and we'd all be shouting, you know, get it forward, get it forward. Um, but you, you know, that that's me being old fashioned, I think, because the football that they, it, it isn't for me, you know, it's not all the games are great. Quite a few games are boring because there's just so much passing. You know, I like, you know, like I'm, I'm a fan now. I like incidents. I like it being in the box, um, people making mistakes. I mean, so many goals are scored now because, the defenders are trying to play football when they they're not very good at it. You know they they're trying to centre halves are trying to pass it into midfield and and giving it away. And goalkeepers they're, they're the worst ones who actually think they're footballers now. 
So I reckon if they did a study on it, I swear to God, there'd be an amount of goals that are given away in the final third where somebody loses possession. Because if you win it in the final third, obviously you've only got that, that sort of 20, 30 yards to go and get your shot a goal. Whereas if you lose it in your, your uh, defending third or your midfield third, it's a lot harder to score. But so many goals from all sides and even sides down the bottom of the Premier League are now trying to play this way. Um, but it's, it's easy to do if you're Man City and you've got all Liverpool, you know, you've got all the best players. But, um, you know, teams like whoever the team is down the bottom there, the, um, the amount of goals they give away that cost them if they just actually got it forward. But that's me being old fashioned, if I'm honest, I think. Right, I'm going to um, close with some quick fire questions. Um, what's the best goal you scored? What's your favourite goal? Of all those 150 plus goals, what's your favourite? It's funny, actually. My favourite goal was a goal that was disallowed. It was uh, a header playing in the, again, in the army in, in Berlin in the National Stadium. And I scored about a 15 yard like, bullet header. And uh, for some reason, he, he gave it, uh, he said, I fouled or whatever it was. And I always remember, I was like, it was just, it was like hitting a goal shot right out the middle. It came out my forehead, right top corner. And it was like amazing. And then he bloody disallowed it. So, um, but I don't, I mean, obviously the Wem- when I think I'm trying to think now, it's obviously the Wembley one, the, the, to make it 2-2. Um, because obviously we were 2-1 down. 2-2 and then one of the other players uh, got the winner so that we actually got promoted which was brilliant but that, that, that was the most important for sure Who's your best strike partner? Um, it's funny actually I loved playing with Phil White Phil White ex-army me and him Phil White was a very, very I thought he was a better footballer than I was and he didn't really go on and do um, in, in, the, in the football league which I you know, I know he had trials at Aldershot. I remember going to watch him play there, actually. Um, and at that time, Aldershot were in the, in, the, um, in the Football League. He was a real, real aggressive. He used to get me kicked all the time because he used to start all the fights. Um, but he was a very, very, very good footballer, Phil. I'm very surprised he didn't do... You know, I always thought, as I said to you, I thought he was a better player than I was. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I love playing Vim because he was just... He would take all the battles and, you know, start, you know, everybody would want to bash him and then I'd be able to nick around the corner. But I had a lot of success also with um, a guy called Mark Gall, a black, um, um, a centre forward from Maidstone. Um, Mark, we used to call him Smokey, that was it, Mark Gall. So I was just trying to think of his nickname there. Uh, Mark Gall was brilliant. He, and I used to f- just flick things on and he would get on them and score and people say a great pass, but he would just, because of his pace, be away, you know? So people think it was a great ball and it wasn't, it was just hopeful and Mark would go off and score a goal. So he, he we, we, both of us, I think a couple of years, we had 28, 30 goals each two years, two years running. So we, had, you know, in the Football League that was. So uh, we both, um, you know, was doing, because sometimes you'll get one who's scoring and the other one not, you know, like you think Beardsley and Lineker and whoever, but we were both scoring a lot of goals and making goals for each other as well. And how, how important is that as a, as a striker that you've got, you, you have that relationship with a partner, like you've got, you have a proper partner up front so you can build that relationship. I like just, I guess, how important is that for, 
for you when you are playing up top? Well, the most important is he passes to you because a lot of them don't. They? Yeah, <laughs> because yeah, yeah. as centre forwards, they're greedy. Um, which, yeah, it is. I mean, you it, again going back to getting the old days. Used to be one big, one small, one like I was the you know the one like the Teddy Sheringham type who held it up, and then you get the pace round him, and he was very, very quick. So that's why we gelled together. Um, like Carlo Corazin was another one who was the centre forward that played for Canada. He was at Cambridge. Me and him used to score a lot of goals together uh, when we were at Cambridge. Um, so, yeah, it, it was. It's more. I think that you want the other one to do what you can't do, like pace. Yeah. I wasn't very quick, so Mark, uh, Mark Gall used to be able to run into the. So they couldn't actually squeeze us because if they did, he would just run past them. You know. So yeah. uh, and if they squeezed on top, I could get the flick on for his pace as well. So. Um, without us, we didn't work on anything, you know, it was just natural, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, toughest defender you played against? Who was the one defender that you, you found? Well, we played, we played Arsenal and you had O'Leary, um, Adams wasn't, didn't play at that time, I don't think. Um, O'Leary, um, Keown, Keown was horrible. Oh, and when he was at Everton, he'd stand on your feet and everything. So they were tough at the Arsenal back four, you know. Um, was it Linigan or the other one that one came in as well? He, he, they're all six foot three, four, um, horrible shape, you know, bony as anything. He used to elbow everybody. So they were tough, the Arsenal back four. Unbelievable. Did you used to enjoy those kind of battles? Um, after the game. <laughs> Not during <laughs> sometimes. You know, I didn't used to like, again, going back earlier on, is when you'd have a small player on you, you know, because the small ones were always quicker than you. Whereas I like the big dopey centre-half types yeah. um, because you can have a battle with them. But the quick ones, you know, they, they they would just, you know, you do what you're doing and they'd just nick it off you. So in, that, that was in my early days. Everybody used to have a big one and a small one, you know. Uh, centre-halves would used to be like that. Uh, and the, the small... The small, quick ones used to cause me a bit of a problem. <laughs> and who was the best goalkeeper you played against? I mean, Peter Shilton I played against uh, when he was at Southampton. Um, the best goalie, actually, was probably in training was David James. When I was at Watford, David James was uh, just before he went to Liverpool. We had that last year before he went off to Liverpool. He was about six foot four, five built like a Adonis he could you know six and a half foot you know high jump he's nothing he could do so he, every time the ball went in the box he just used to come he come on the edge of the box and catch it he knock people over and in training he literally you know where from the penalty spot he could actually get past the post his spring was just he was really really difficult to score against so uh, it's his probably I, his fault I didn't do that way Done my confidence and I couldn't score against him in training. But no, he was uh, a great at that time. I mean, he was like when he was younger, before he went to Liverpool, super, super goalie, brilliant goalie. Were you at Watford when um, when Kevin Mitchell had his testimonial at Windsor? Because I remember David James played in that. We played at Windsor. Windsor played Watford. No. In there at Watford. No. I remember David no. James in goal that night. Right, so because they, it might be the year before then. I was there in 91. I mean, I don't know what year that was. Oh, yeah, no, it'd have been about 80, late 80s. 
it would have been. Yeah, uh, no, I, I, I said I was in 91, I think I went, and then left in 93, something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, final question. Um, like, What advice would you give to someone now playing non-league football at the start of their career, you know, wanting to make a name for themselves in the game? What kind of advice would you give? Uh, what advice would you give to a 20-year-old Steve Butler now? Um, well, I actually did it without thinking about it. So I, I always say that it is the enthusiasm. That's the thing. And it's difficult if you're not in the side, you know, you haven't been playing well or whatever, you you know, you, you have to move down to go back up. You need to play, you know. It's better to move down and play than be somewhere and not play. And that is the... Because nobody's going to watch you in the reserves or very few people or you're on the bench. So... Um, Keep your enthusiasm. Um, as I said, I used to absolutely love the game, couldn't wait for the next game. But the big one really is you've got to play. So if you're not playing, and it can be, you know, your fault as much as the manager, everybody blames the manager. But if you're not doing well wherever and you need to go down, it's better to do that and play every week than stay where you are and not be on the side. Yeah. Yeah, good words, good words. Steve, thank you so much. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, great to share some of those memories, obviously at Windsor, but also throughout your whole career. Thank you. Yeah, no problem at all. And to everyone who's downloaded, thank you very much, and um, look forward to bringing you another guest in a in a few weeks' time.